everyone. Welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports podcast, a soccer podcast, our very first episode. I'm Sandra Herrera, CBS Sports NWSL lead writer, joined today by my co-host and colleague, Lisa Roman, NWSL analysis. How are you doing today, Lisa? Sandra, I am good. A packed weekend of NWSL games, a little bit of travel for me thrown in there, but I mean, we're starting a podcast. We're doing it. And I'm so excited to be here. It's so excited to talk about the NWSL, the women's national team, all that is to come, especially with the Tokyo Olympics just around the corner. I mean, so much content for us to cover and we are here and we are covering it. We're hyped. Lisa, you're literally fresh off the runway. I mean, yeah. this is like, a, it's kind of like our baby. Like it's we're it. launching this thing out into the world. We've been working on it for a long, long time in the background, sort of nurturing it and trying to like find all the right fits and, and make sure we have the right scheduling and are chatting about all the all the right things, uh, all the right things, meaning NWSL, all things women's soccer, international soccer, all the fun stuff, our game. Right. Uh, and on this episode, it's a recap style episode, and there's a ton of NWSL action to get through. We've got five games that we've got to go through. We've got a rundown for all our listeners out there and so much good stuff. I mean, it, this weekend had everything, Lisa. It had narrow draws. It had two goal wins. It had own goals. It had red cards. <laughs> it, had every, it had so many things. And we're going to get through them. It was Orlando versus uh, Racing Louisville FC, Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage, Portland Thorns FC versus New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. We've got Chicago Red Stars versus Houston Dash. And then OL Reign versus Kansas City NWSL. Lisa, are you ready to get through all these, these games? Yeah, I mean, we said we had a full slate of games and truly every team played. Uh, five games and yeah, let's dive in because you said it, Sandra, packed weekend we had. Let's get right to it. I also feel like every single time I tuned into any one of these games, I heard you. I was like, there's my girl, like Lisa's on yeah. Lisa's on the call. How many of these games did you call this weekend? I had the pleasure of calling three of them. So one Friday, one Saturday, one Sunday, no double headers, um, which is good. Sometimes my brain can get foggy when I, I do those double headers, but other great commentators stepping in. Yeah, I mean, I love calling these games and then I get to break them down with you after the fact and fill in all of our listeners. So yeah, one each day and I'm back. I'll be back next weekend. It's it's fun to be on both sides of this game um, in the booth for them and then being a little more uh, a little more free with my commentary here with you, which I'm excited about. Yeah, me too. Let, let's get into this first game. We've got a Friday matchup that took place, NWSL Friday night. Orlando Pride versus Racing Louisville FC. It was a one-one draw. We're starting to see some. Um, we're starting to see a little bit of a different Orlando Pride this year. I know a lot of the narrative that has been around Orlando Pride in the past. You know they were a bottom table team, and then here they come in 2021. They go on a seven-game undefeated streak. They are owning the top of the table to start off this NWSL regular season. And then they dropped a couple games. They had their unbeaten streak snapped by Houston Dash there. And then they dropped another game. And then they hosted Louisville to maybe try to get back track on things without somebody like Alex Morgan, without somebody like Marta. We're entering this Olympic stretch of the NWSL season. 
And these two teams played out to a 1-1 draw. And it was so exciting. It literally came down to the very, very last minute of stoppage time. A thriller goals from Ebony Salmon for Racing Louisville FC and Sid LaRue with that late game equalizer. Lisa, you got to give me all of those 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 quick hits. What, what were you feeling during this game? I mean, one-one draws in soccer can be tough on paper. A lot of people can look at this and say, oh, a little bit of a snooze fest, maybe. No, heck no. Um, it, a different Orlando Pride team. We, we're seeing a different team now with some of those internationals gone. Um, but Sydney LaRue has not changed. If anything, she was playing out of her skin on Friday evening during this matchup um, all over the pitch, defending literally end line to end line and then getting the ball and just racing down the field um, and then racing, racing Louisville. They, they're, they're coming into their own. Um, They truly are with the goal from Ebony Salmon that came uh, pretty early in the game. I think the 21st or the 22nd minute. Um, And she is proving that, she can handle the NWSL. A lot of new players come into this league and it's quick and it's aggressive and it's a really physical uh, league and, and soccer style of play that we play here in the NWSL. And Ebony Salmon is fitting right in, elbowing her way to right in front of the goal, going up against Ali Krieger, um, who's no easy defender to go up against. And Ebony Salmon honestly made Krieger look silly. She looked silly. Um, and Ashlyn Harris too, just slotted it right past her. But Louisville, they looked good. They they had a lot of moments where they defended really well against Orlando. And Orlando didn't have that many opportunities until things started to get fiery towards, I think it was the 94th minute um, there was like five minutes added on at the end of the game and something like a hundred seconds left when Sid LaRue scored. And it, it was the moment in the game where Orlando was throwing everything they had forward. It was actually Harris was at the half that actually assisted it. I don't think she got credited with the assist in the stat book. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Korniak yeah. got that one, but um, it was Ashlyn Harris. I mean, I don't yeah. really think Taylor hit it. If you look back at the replay, I don't think she hit it at all. Um, it just bounced over Taylor Korniak and then ended up at Sydney LaRue's feet. And she deserved it because she, she worked her tail off during that yeah. game. I want to know how many miles she tracked. Oh my gosh. I wish we need to get that data. Let, get, let us get yeah. the GPS stat data on that kind of stuff. It's, it's been so thrilling to watch Sid LaRue put together this 2021 so far with uh, with Orlando Pride. And I'm talking like even going back into those Challenge Cup games where we really started to see our first looks and dives into NWSL competition for this year. And she has just been like so amazing. I mean, like prototypical type forward, I think when you're looking at the the American striker. It's someone who is not just sort of floating around up top, waiting for a ball to be delivered through them over the top to, to connect on a header or, you know, below on the ground to their feet where they can just run on the end of it and dive in. It's 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 putting in constant work and covering so much ground. And that includes defensive runs and efforts. And it's it's been so great to see her sort of have this resurgence uh, back uh, with Orlando Pride and, and in the league and just constantly seeing her name uh, in these highlights week in and week out has been like really, really so, so dope. And on the other side, somebody like Ebony Salmon, I mean, new to the league, you know, new to the league for, for racing, and she's got three goals in, in five appearances already. So yeah. it just 
it's it's it almost feels sort of fitting in this in this type of match what it was you know sitting in on some of the um the post game media availability during this during this match and and listening to it was Ali Riley and and Sydney Larue and, and and Mark Skinner for Orlando Pride and they they every single one of these people put themselves on blast you want to talk about accountability <laughs> uh we had you know these are veterans too like in in Ali Riley and Sydney Larue both echoing the same sentiments and they were just like really disappointed in that first half performance from their team they were like that was terrible Allie Riley at one point was like they were out there looking like a freaking World Cup squad and we were looking like amateurs and I was like that is top that's gold Allie Riley gold and uh it was great but that's that sort of speaks to sort of the mentality that we're watching mm-hmm. in this Orlando Pride team there is a real culture shift that is happening that we're watching happening week in and week out with this Orlando pride team where so many years prior, I think a lot of us who were watching were like, who is this team? What is their identity? Who are they? What are they trying to be about? And we're seeing it uh, week in and week out. And uh, it's keeping them this, a result like this is keeping them in the top of the standing. So they've have fluctuated between one and two and it's, they were, it's a performance they were only half happy with, but it's it's still a performance that they can look back on and, and still find things, uh, positive things about. And not just a resurgence from this Pride Squad, but also they hold themselves to a very high standard. And over the last couple of years, and and I mean, 2020 Challenge Cup, they did not compete. Um, and that, that was a bit of a dagger to the heart for that squad, um, knowing that they were missing out on game time opportunity and the fact that they kind of let down a little bit last year, they didn't have as much oomph as they have before, and they didn't have the oomph that they have this year. Um, They've set their standard and they've raised the bar for themselves and the accountability that the players like Allie Riley and Sydney LaRue and Mark Skinner, the coach have for the team and their performance day in and day out on the field is just so telling of the professionalism that is in and around that club. Um, they want to be at the top and they're going to fight to stay there. But I mean, yeah, their first half didn't look great. And conversely on the other side for Louisville, it looked great for them. They were holding down Sydney LaRue. Sydney LaRue didn't do much in that first half except defend, um, yep. which is so telling of her as a forward that she is defending all over the place because she didn't have the ball and she was fighting to get it back. So it's, I mean, we'll probably say this a million times on this podcast, but it is the NWSL and anything can happen. And Louisville taking over for a half. I'm not really surprised. They have a good squad and Christy Holly is putting the pieces together there. It's coming together and it will continue to fall into place. But then an experienced squad like Orlando pride will come back. They they can lose their head for 45 minutes and then they'll come back and Sydney LaRue will score. It's a hundred seconds left. And just snatch, just snatch yeah. away, snatch away those points from, from Louisville talking and, about, and talking about games that they're going to like teams can look back on and learn something from. This is going to be one for, for racing as well. You know, new expansion seed, the first, first year for this club, uh, you know, in NWSL and um, they had a, a great first half, you know, to, to hang their hat off on, but they're going to be disappointed in that type of loss, especially when you look at those type of individual performances that came out of this game, whether it was somebody like an Ebony Salmon or, or really somebody like an Emily Fox on that back line, who has been like such, such, such a, an integral piece for this team. You know, they selected her, uh, you know, in the draft and they really are, are something she's really someone that this team is going to probably continue to build around moving forward. Um, but little things like that, 
are things that I'm sure that they can hang their hat on and maybe just try to look again forward into uh, to next week and uh, see if they can touch up on some things. Yeah, I, I think they will. And you mentioned Emily Fox. Just uh, I I get the pleasure of speaking with the coaches before we call the games, and I asked uh, Holly about. Fox, uh, Foxy, as they call her. And I kind of said, is it her personality or is it your coaching style? Like, why is she so aggressive in the attack? Why is it her first instinct to run a hundred yards down the field and contribute as any way she can? And uh, Christy Holly was like, that's her. She, she does that day in and day out. And we're going to design our team and our um, formation and how we build our attack around that because we want that energy we want that will and that desire to get forward and contribute and run her little heart out as much as she can and she does and it really works for that team so the future is bright for racing Louisville and especially Emily Fox if they can play around her style of getting out of the back and and joining in speaking of um big performances from big players, uh, let's move ahead to Saturday's game. Uh, we had Washington Spirit host North Carolina Courage. Spirit took this one in a 2-0 win on a brace from Ashley Hatch. And Ashley Hatch got the goals in this one, Lisa, but talk about a real team effort from Washington Spirit. Really looking back at this game, probably their most complete 90 minutes to date in this regular season, which says a lot about a young team like this, considering some some clubs are seven, eight, nine games into their regular season. And the Spirit at one point went on a five-game undefeated streak of their own, had that briefly snatched, and then came back and got this big win against another big team in North Carolina Courage. Lisa, this was probably, personally, one of my favorite games of the weekend Huge, huge game. What are some of your thoughts of this performance from this period? Well, Sandra, you love this so much because you have you hung your star on Washington Spirit. I'm laying it out there for all of our listeners. You said, dark horse, this team was going to come together, find the pieces. Uh, they did. They definitely did against this North Carolina Courage team. It was so fun, so fun to watch this game and watch all the pieces come together. You mentioned um, Ashley Hatch getting two goals. She got the brace and she deserved it. She worked hard for sure. Um, Ashley Sanchez blew me away. I mean, the big question mark was going into this matchup was the midfield, especially. Um, I mean, most teams look at North Carolina, the box in the midfield, what are they going to do? I mean, they're known for it. And so like, it's no surprise anymore if we talk about it, but they have four in their midfield and most opponents only have three. So the four V three matchup was the biggest thing that I was focusing on. Where was Washington going to get that fourth player to unbalance the midfield or rather to balance it? They dropped Sanchez back into the midfield to work on that defensive prowess against North Carolina. And instead, she just tore them up offensively. She popped into those pockets. She got the ball. She turned and she ran at the Courage back line. She was dropped back to play defense. And instead, she just found all of the holes, the ball at her feet on um, Hatch's first goal. If you go back and look at that replay. Sanchez is the one that has two courage defenders all over her and Ashley Hash just waiting behind her like do to do here comes the ball and then plays it back. I mean, great run by both of them and, and a really tough play, but um, yeah, I was surprised to see a little 
offensive movement from North Carolina, a team that usually controls the ball and controls a lot of the play and can move forward um, concisely. And as a team, uh, we did not see that. Instead, Washington played as a unit. You said that a complete team, a complete 90 minutes. It wasn't a lot of individual talent that took Washington to that 2-0 scoreline. It was 11 players playing for the people next to them that put them over the top. And with North Carolina, it was individual skill that was trying to get them to win that game and team outplayed individuals in, in this matchup for sure. Yeah. I think, I think when people are looking at a team like North Carolina right now, the, one of the first things that they're noticing is that this is a team that's without huge, huge star players. I mean, we're talking about consistent starters on this team huge pieces in their in that famed right box midfield of, of Paul Riley and somebody like Sam Mewis or somebody like Davinia. And then they're missing really their one of their top scorers in, in Lynn Williams. Uh, but because this is NWSL and, and one of the things that we constantly hear about is about the depth of these teams, right. And being built and made to get through these type of stretches, these, these tournament, these international cycle type of stretches, um, I was looking for maybe a little bit more of a competitive match in terms of the scoreline, maybe a little bit more narrow, not a, maybe not a two zero, maybe like a two one, if there was going to be a winner on this day, or maybe even like a one, one draw. And that just was not the case at all. It was just difficult for the courage to ever get into, to a real kind of temple. Maybe they started to find some things in that second half, but, but not by much, frankly. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't too long ago where a lot of us were praising a performance like from the Red Stars against the courage kind of stifling that box midfield and limiting the courage to one shot on target. And the spirit went around and did something similarly and, and narrowed their attempts on target. But I think courage only ended up with two shots on goal during this match. Um, Impressive, impressive, because even without somebody like a Lynn Williams on this team, you still have somebody like a Jessica McDonald. You still have somebody like a Kristen Hamilton, somebody, quite frankly, who could be starting on the top line in any of these other clubs. But she comes off the bench and or rotates along the top line for this courage side. So huge, huge, huge from the spirit. I think my initial reaction to this uh, when I was tweeting about about this game and kind of taking my notes for my own coverage of it on, on the site, I just was like, wow, this is such a great performance. And a huge part of it is like, there's a, there's a lot of moments in, in this league where, where maybe people don't like to admit it or, or say it because of whether it's like toxic positivity or, or, or narratives about the league being like, oh, it's the most competitive, competitive league in the world. And it is, all those things are true. But what's also true, Lisa, is that players get up for certain types of games and they get up for certain types of matchups and looking at the schedule, looking at you know, spirit saying we're taking on North Carolina courage, one of the top clubs, top elite clubs in the league and at Audi Audi field, we're absolutely going to mm -hmm. take it and bring it to this team on this day. And I felt like watching it, it was one of those types of games. Like they had had circled, on their calendar, ready to come out and compete. And everything about it was fantastic. We talked about, you You broke on that first goal. That second goal though, was so great with Andy Sullivan, just intercepting this ball and then just leading everybody. I mean, whether <laughs> Ashley Hatch to her right and the defenders leading everybody into the final third. And then finally just making this 
excellent, well-timed pass to Hatch, who had the presence of mind to just be able to slot it away. And it was just, I don't want to say it was a demoralizing goal, but it, it was such a beautiful goal to have happen. It was, uh, for me, maybe top goal uh, all the weekend. And um, it was great to sort of see all these different players sort of get involved in these goals, whether it was a Tegan McGrady serving in, you know, the, the service on that first goal to hatch and watching Sanchez and her movement on that goal or on this second goal, watching the team just sort of kind of sustain this pressure from North Carolina and then have somebody like Andy Sullivan read all of that intercept it, And then her and hatch just run and go. It was, it was fantastic overall performance from this team. And I think it was a little bit of a statement win. I think it was Lisa. I think it's a little bit of a statement when I think it's going to, I think it was a statement win from the spirit side that says, Hey, we're going to rack up some points during this Olympic stretch. Watch out. Yeah. And Washington went into this game knowing they wanted to make a statement. You kind of said that, uh, and teams hype up who they're going up against and opponents and playing at Audi field, like you said, so they wanted to make a statement and they definitely did. You, you mentioned Andy Sullivan. I mean, it was a team win, all 11 players fighting, winning their individual 11 battles on the field. But Andy Sullivan was the heartbeat of this team during this match. Um, it really, when when she wiggled, everyone wiggled. When she stepped forward, everyone stepped forward. She was the conductor. And, and we say that a lot about the sixes on these teams because they, they are usually the leaders and the ones that do it. But with Andy Sullivan, the 10 teammates around her were buying into every single thing that she was instructing them to do, whether it was with her movement or vocally or with the passes she was leading. And, oh, that beautiful, beautiful through ball to hatch. I mean, weighted so perfectly. There are so many times in this league we see players put too much weight on that pass and it's just easily scooped up by the keeper. And no, I mean, that's she's a top level talent and a top level player. Um, she's quieter though. And when she makes waves, it, it ripples and this game, it rippled for Andy Sullivan. Absolutely. And shout out to Ashley Hatch. Uh, I think we should just close out on, on that performance. You know, she's a player who's, who's been with the spirit already for a couple seasons now, um, has been a huge part of what they've been building up on the top line there. And she's been dealing with a couple knocks and injury, um, this year. And, and she's already been pulling out the goals for them, even having to deal with some of those knocks. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the, the type of run that both of these teams go on during this Olympic stretch, but going from four teams, multiple goals throughout those matches on Friday and Saturday to three matches taking place on Sunday, Lisa, and this first one against Portland and Gotham ends in a zero, zero draw. So we go from having a couple goals to having a little bit of a scoreless draw, Portland Thorns FC host New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. And these two sides end up playing out to a zero zero draw. I got to say, not what I expected. I thought there was going to be a result in this match. I figured it would have been, you know, might be a win. Thought it was going to be narrow. And I was giving advantage to the home side here because it's tough to play in Providence Park against Portland Thorns. But Gotham FC and that defense, they're real, real stingy, leading the league. Uh, with uh, with goals uh, goals against, and I think they've only conceded three or four thus far. Please feel free to stat. So I'm like, please feel free to stat check me. Um, I'll but, keep you in line. <laughs> yeah, it came. They came through again. I mean, they really, really did because Portland on this day was looking real, real active on that ball, Lisa. Oh, oh, those first 45 minutes. Uh, I'm so shocked. 
that the Thorns did not get a goal. I mean, Didi Heritage, give it up for her heck of a job in goal. And she always does. Like, we're not surprised by her performance. But when we haven't seen her for a few weeks because she's behind one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Um, and then she steps into a performance like today and, and not just like huge saves, but it was her positioning and how she was able to come out on those incredibly dangerous runs. Morgan Weaver had a few of them who's really stepping into her own for this Thorn squad. I'm excited to see her grow. Um, but for Gotham, that's why they have three goals against during this regular season because they have incredible goalkeepers and there is no drop off when Didi Heracic steps in. I mean, in, in really, really incredible job. Another thing, um, Caprice Tedasco, who's been an outside back for Gotham and has done a tremendous job named to the uh, top 11 or the best 11 in June for them. She didn't get the start. Um, a little, it's something going on there for sure. Um, but she didn't get that start. And I was nervous. I was a little bit nervous at the start of this at, at kick, especially when Portland just imposing their game on Gotham in the first 45 minutes. And it was the brick wall in the back for Gotham. I mean, Estelle Johnson, holy cow, girl, like yes. saving it right off the, off line. the line. Yep, absolutely. It, it, and shout out to Estelle Johnson. I think she recorded, yeah, she recorded 10,000 minutes. Or, or I okay, go off it's Estelle like, Johnson. It's just like insane. I, those two players in particular, you know, Didasco Johnson coming through to formerly Sky Blue, now Gotham FC via trade with the spirit, you know, two defenders arriving to a new place together and really just becoming anchors on this, on this defensive line for this team. And I know that there's a lot of excitement right now around uh, the top line and how it's looking for this team during this Olympic stretch, you know, with somebody like uh, Naomi Kawasumi or Anifioma Anamanu. Mitch Purse, um, she's injured right now, but, but Paige Monahan is a huge piece for them when she's healthy up top. But this defensive line is doing something incredibly special right now. And uh, it's so impressive how they're doing it by really rotating out so many different pieces. So during this this game, got to see somebody like a Gina Lewandowski who, who picks up a yellow card early because this it was like 10 minutes into the game. Um, because this Portland team was just attacking them in waves, uh, but they were able to help sustain things. Didi Heritage helped keep those things, came up with four huge big saves. And I think if you're Portland, there's a lot of good stuff to hang your head on here. They're going to be probably very happy with their attack, but not happy that they were unable to break through on goal. Looking back at so much of this, this footage, they're going to maybe question some of their, their finishing, maybe question some of their shot, their, their overall shot, selection in this game uh, because if you're looking at some of the numbers versus the you know the shot stat totals they're going to be wondering whether or not this game is going to come and bite them later on in the in this regular season because the the standings right now are so so tight uh, in between this table so this could be one of those uh, this could be one of those games where they look back and and look at those tiebreakers and those goal differentials down the line and, and wonder if this was one they would like to have back. And we mentioned Gotham three goals against, but Portland 14 goals scored during this regular season. I mean, they're tied at the top um, 
tied with North Carolina also has 14 goals, but a team like Portland knows how to score. They know how to get in those opportunities and be clinical on their finishing. And they weren't. Um, and you have to give a lot of credit to Gotham in their back line and truly a brick wall back there. But uh, for Portland, there was definitely pieces missing that they will go back and look at that film and say, could we have passed it one more time? Or could we have not passed it one more time? And and Simone Charlie did a nice job. She got in line a few times crossing it in, but it's it's not good enough to just send the ball through the box. Those, those forwards that are crossing the ball in the outside backs, those wing backs getting forward, you have to get your head up. You have to pick out a player in the box, anticipate where their run is going to land, make sure the goalkeeper doesn't get it and and hit it on that spot. These are professionals. That's what they need to be doing. It's not good enough just to cross the ball in and hope someone gets on the end of it. Um, so definitely things to work on for the Thorns in this matchup. But I mean, I wasn't expecting a tie in this one, especially the tie that we got. Um, but it's showing, it's showing of the squads and the teams. And, and you mentioned Freya Coom for Gotham switching around that back line. She's, she's a smart cookie, that one. She knows that players get injured, people come and go. And if you can develop players evenly, it'll benefit her in the future. Because we talk about this deep bench, but if you have a deep bench that has experience, that'll take you farther in this league than just a deep bench with talent and no game experience. Absolutely. We'll see what both these teams bring uh, in their next match coming up. But moving on, we had Chicago Red Stars hosting Houston Dash in the second game of this triple header on Sunday. They went on to win this game two to one, picked up all three points. And Chicago Red Stars did it, Lisa. They did it by not scoring a single goal in this game. Sandra, they didn't even have a shot. They didn't even have a shot. Zero, zero no shot. shots on goal for Chicago Red Stars. If if you don't believe it, I'll tell you in Spanish, zero. They had <laughs> zero, zero shots on target. Uh, hey, I guess if you're the Chicago Red Stars, you're going to take those points how you can get them. If you're Houston, you got to be looking back at this game like, oh, no. Uh, great opening goal uh, by Veronica Latsko that was really facilitated uh, by Jasmine Spencer. And then all of a sudden, um, two own goals taking place from Katie uh, Naughton and, and Shay Groom, just minutes apart from each other as well. Tough, 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 tough match. Uh, and really all happening in this second half of the game. Uh, you know, this early part of the first half of, of this game was somewhat even. Uh, Chicago doing a good job of connecting their passes and getting into dangerous spaces during the final third. But again, this offensive struggles has been following them throughout, throughout this uh, regular season, getting into those dangerous spaces, but unable to, to find that breakthrough on goal. And you just wondered going into the second half of that was going to haunt them. And then you had Houston go up by around the hour mark and this goal from Veronica Latsko. And then all of a sudden, just this chaos. Lisa, what was it like just sort of calling that, <laughs> watching that happen live? Well, first of all, I need to know what is the magic of Rory Dames? Two wins for Chicago, <laughs> back to back, and no goals scored by players on his team. I mean, wh where's the Kool-Aid and can I have some? Because no, I want in. I got to say, sit, sat in on, on media availability post game for this match. 
and and Rory Dad, Rory Dames said as much. You know, I think he, he said something along the lines of the question that was posed and was uh, from Alex Campbell from from SB Nation, I believe, and it was about the goal scoring and, and how for lack of and how that can be sort of manifested. And and Rory Dames basically said that he'll he'll take it, and he believes yeah. that his team created those goals, even if they are own goals. That his team did the work to create those goals, and that he was going to believe that until otherwise, until getting, sitting down and reviewing that tape. And you know what? I got to give it to him, yeah. honestly, because I think it's, frankly, it is, it's kind of disrespectful if you're going to look at this Houston Dash team and say that they were playing poorly and doing things incorrectly or having, or being in poor positions and saying, you know, that the young goal was just on them. It wasn't. That's kind of disrespectful. I think if you're going to say that about the Houston Dash team, because they were playing pretty well in this match mm-hmm. during that second half in particular. But for Chicago to just sort of start attacking in these waves and then making the most out of uh, their set piece opportunities, because that first on goal kind of came off of that free kick service from from Mal Pugh. And, and then again, in the three minutes later, it's just I guess you really do kind of just have to manifest some of your own magic. And we're watching the Red Stars do that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, why not? As as a player myself, I mean, in college, it was like, it doesn't matter how you score. You just get a body part on it, whether it's a kneecap or a a glute or a toe, a pinky toe. It doesn't matter. Run your whole body through the ball. A goal is a goal is a goal is a goal. And a win is a win is a win is a win. And in this league, it's three points. So, yeah, Rory, it, it was your team. And innocent until proven guilty they're your it's all your hard work until proven otherwise I kind of agree with it though I mean on the first goal um Shea Groom it was well the first goal for Chicago um it was Shea Groom who kind of got she got shoved in the back um she got shoved in the back she was pretty upset about that when she got up off the ground and rightfully so I mean it was pretty good header though yeah yeah (laughs) it was pretty good form as she's falling I mean diving header Mm -hmm. if it was training she probably would have been pretty happy about Mm -hmm. it but in that situation uh, unlucky Uh, I'm gonna use that word and I don't like to use it that much because it happens though that does happen yeah and this was an unlucky game and you mentioned this a little bit but a tale of two halves the first 45 minutes was starkly different than the second 45 um especially for Houston they sat back they bunkered down and Chicago just passed it around. I mean, it was kind of boring in a sense because there was no real opportunities. It was as soon as the ball went into Chicago's defensive half, Houston just like watched it. No one stepped forward. No one pressured. They were not trying to score. There was no way that Houston was going to get a goal in that first half. And one thing that James Clarkson told us was we need to do better defensively and not let them score so early on. And for him, I guess that means just bunkering down, parking the bus and not even trying to create offense, <laughs> um, which, yeah. okay, fine. Great job for Chicago to just wait that out. And then at the start of the second half, I thought the tides were going to shift. Um, Houston got that goal, a great goal. It, it was really well executed by them. And then uh, honestly, unlucky on the shade room header for, for Chicago, finding the back of the net, that own goal. And then the second one, it came from Morgan Gattrall. I mean, it, yeah. Chicago created these chances. They got the ball wide. They crossed it in. Um, 
and running at a defender as Chicago forwards running at the Houston back line and running at a defender like Katie Naughton, who is now facing her own goal and just trying to get it out. Um, that's hard. It's hard to do. I, I wonder if Keeper could have called her off of it, tried to come out and grab it. And maybe if it was Jane Campbell, it would have been a little different only because Jane Campbell has so much game experience. She's played every minute for Houston, essentially. Um, maybe goalkeeper would have came out and grabbed that one. So Katie Naughton wouldn't have to make that mistake of shooting yeah. it towards the back of the net, but crazy. I mean, crazy. Chicago. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's unfair to say it. Lisa, it, it is a little bit unlucky. I mean, one on goal. Hey, two on goals. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> Some of that is a little bit just like. And two on goals in the span of the 73rd minute. And then the 76th minute. Yeah. Huh? Less than five minutes apart. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to give some credit to Chicago. They kept their foot on the gas pedal. They kept attacking and moving forward, throwing numbers forward. Yeah. If there's no pressure on Houston's back line, there's no own goals. So yeah. sure, Rory, Rory, I'll give this one to you, Rory Dames. <laughs> For sure. I think uh, I'm going to echo similar sentiments. Uh, come What I said between the Portland and Gotham match, you know, uh, some of these matches are going to come down to to tiebreaker some of these standings excuse me are going to come down to tiebreakers and stuff like that and when you're looking at certain games i think we're going to maybe be looking at a lot of these games during the olympic stretch and, and wondering you know if they maybe went one way or the other where things would be standing in the end but um kudos to chicago red Sox. they've got their first series of back-to-back wins and uh they did it by scoring no goals but picking up all those points uh truly is truly is something to watch uh, pay attention it's gotta to be that. like a record-breaking stat or something we'll get on that for you guys i'm not sure yet uh, i'll look yeah. into my stat checkers here but it's be gotta off. be something yeah people can put uh names on their attacks you know they can say that they're relentless or ruthless or lethal and chicago theirs can just be manifestation. Why not? Let's have a new one here in the league. Let's wrap it up, Lisa. We've got the final match of this triple header on Sunday. We've got Oil Rain versus Kansas City NWSL 2-0. Bethany Balser bags a brace. Buadi gets a red card. What was going on in this match? My goodness, uh, too much, maybe a little bit if you're if you're OL Rain. Uh, all rain picking up a win uh, for their interim head coach, Sam Laney. Congrats to them. Uh, Farid Bensidi no longer with the rain. Uh, mutual agreement to part ways there. Uh, essentially uh, coming down to the fact that the results just weren't there, Lisa, for this team. Uh, they weren't there for this roster. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're an organization like Leon partnering in the NWSL, you want to see results. And especially with a team like Oil Rain that has a lot of talent all across that roster. But finally, they went ahead and they got that win today. And uh, I think it's pretty significant that somebody like Bethany Balser came up with the goals on this one because I think she had uh, maybe a little bit of uh, frustration to start off this 2021, uh, whether it was during Challenge Cup and then early on in this season, uh, kind of coming off of the bench at times, maybe not getting tasked with those consistent starts, but she is now and she's bagging the goals. And uh, she's looking like that, uh, that, that run of form that she had in 2019 when she picked up rookie of the year. It's good to see her back on the offensive side of things. It really is. And two good, good goals from Bethany Bowser. No lucky ones there. It was effort. It was skill. Um, that header goal. 
Ooh, I love to see that she does it. She does that really well. She did it last week too against Chicago. Um, almost identical how the play developed and everything like that. But um, you mentioned Sam Lady or Lady, excuse me, for OL Rain. If you were watching the game at the end, um, they the camera went to him and his players on the bench, and they tackled him with yep. laughter and smiles and. Yep. That's huge to have your team and your players be so happy to get a win for their coach and their leader on this squad is huge. That's really telling of the type of guy that he is and the type of coach he is and, and how the players look at him, um, which is huge. They, they got that win for him. And that was very cool. Very, very cool to see because there are a lot of times that players, butt heads with their coaches they don't agree with them you don't get the minutes that you want you're promised one thing you don't get another you don't really buy into their tactics or what they're doing as a coach and for ol rain they are buying in and they are on his side um and that is really has a good future has a lot of good potential for ol rain and what they can bring um but this game was crazy this game was crazy uh, O.L. Rain getting those goals early in the first half, the first one coming from Balser in like the third minute or something ridiculous mm-hmm. and off a mispass. Um, yeah, there was a mispass from Casey and poor decisions in the back line and Balser capitalizing on that. Those are smart soccer players and smart skills for Balser to apply pressure, move forward. Um, good stuff from her. And then a straight red card. Sandra. Yeah. Talk, talking about poor decisions. <laughs> Talking about poor decisions, I I don't uh, I don't get it. I don't know what um, I, don't I don't know how you're a, a veteran goalkeeper of the global game. Quite frankly, Sarah Budetti has won many has many accolades. She knows what she's doing back there. Knows what she's doing. Um, but except just tonight or last night, like just decided to come out and do what she do what she did. Uh, it puts your team in a in a very, very difficult position. It's that two goal lead. We hear it all the time, Lisa, that it's the most unsafe lead to have in soccer. And then it's not like you're, you know, closing out a game in, in the 86 or seventh minute. This is this, this occurred with like 20 minutes left to go in the match. It's dangerous, dangerous move to make. And it's a, it's, it's questionable. It's, 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 it's more of those, question marks I think that people were asking of of this team when the lack of wins were were happening um having big name players coming in you sort of maybe immediately assume that that's going to boost up a team and the wins are going to start coming and we didn't see that happening for all all rain right away um but watching this game and watching a player like uh Les Omer come in and sort of have the game that that she had on this day, getting involved, you know, in building up the attack and then watching and then on the opposite side of that field, watching somebody like Buadi just sort of maybe kind of have a lapse in judgment like that makes you scratch your head a little bit. It's a real introduction to um, to this league, I think, for a player like that, that even though she has had such a storied career so far, a lot of it has been in Europe and in France. And coming over and playing in the States and playing in this league with a table this close with teams this competitive, 
uh, you can't afford to make those kind of mistakes here. And um, that's going to come back and, and bite him because she's going to be unavailable uh, for, for next week's, next week's match with that straight red card. So it's unfortunate. But looking at Kansas City real quick to close this game out, Lisa, they're still on the hunt for a win this year. And we're talking about in 2021, including the game, I'm including the games in the Challenge Cup now into this regular season. And uh, I'm really uh, hoping that we're going to see that change somewhere during this Olympic stretch of games. I mean, uh, we hope. We get to see a lot of depth. Um, but I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I, I, there's a lot of questions, I think, uh, as we're so, sort of entering this, this middle portion of the season, if we're breaking the season down by thirds, right? In this middle portion of the season, you know, what needs to happen or what needs to change for this team to have different looks, to maybe get some more dynamic play, to pick up a win, not even just for the standings sake at this point, because they're pretty low when it comes to the points at the bottom of the table, but just for morality's sake. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Hugh Williams, head coach for Casey, it's not, I'm not looking at the standings because three points will come or they won't come. Maybe one point will come with a tie, but at this point, you just need to look your players in the eye and say, like, are you guys having fun? Like, let's have fun. Um, there's uh, There comes a, a point in a team and a season that you just need to go back to the basics and have these players just passing, a whole practice of just passing together. Not that they're passing bad by any means. It's not at all. They're, they're very talented players. But the chemistry that they have together is not there. Um, they're not playing connected. They're not playing for each other. You have a player like uh, La Roquette, who's very good and very talented, but when you put her next to an A-Rod, they don't complement each other because they're not, ex- they're not ready for what the other one's going to do. They're not expecting it. They can't read each other very well. And yeah, they're a new team and they're, they're coming together and not a lot of training, but you could say that about Louisville too. And Louisville is finding the consistency and the rhythm in their play. And that's one thing that Casey just does not have now. And they have good players. They have really good players. Lola Bonta tonight, fabulous. She had a really good game. She can create so well. She can contribute a lot and she's very, very dynamic, but it's individual skill and it's not coming together as a unit. Um, Hugh Williams, I mean, if you want my advice, just be, have a fun practice that is serious that like gets them back to just like playing soccer, playing pickup soccer. I mean, I play pickup soccer and I have better chemistry with the people that I met 20 minutes ago on the pitch than it looks like this team does right now. And it'll come together. It will, but um, you can't focus on the standings. A team like Kansas City, they can't. They can't focus on the points that they're getting or they're not getting every week. Um, you need to have fun with the soccer, try to find a rhythm and try to connect with the players on the field and it'll come together and not look at the beast of the opponent that you're about to face because these NWSL teams are beasts. They are. A team like Ola Rain is a beast despite a record that they have. I mean, they come in and score two just like that. So don't look at the opponents. Focus inward on yourself as a team and as a unit. See if you can try to string string a few good sequences together. I mean, maybe not 90 minutes, but 60 minutes of really good conducive soccer. And that'll do wonders for that squad. We'll see. Let's see what they uh, let's see what they look at on the film in this game and, and what they put together. 
in their next match coming up. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping that this Olympic stretch continues to give us some very unpredictable things here. And I hope that that includes a first franchise win for uh, Kansas City. They'll get it. They will. Let's take a look at these standings real quick, Lisa, before we close out this episode for our listeners. Close, close, close standings. We're talking about from number one to number seven. It's literally just three points <laughs> that separates every single one of these teams. We've got North Carolina Courage at number one, followed by Orlando Pride at number two, Portland Thorns FC at number three, Washington Spirit running out the top four. We've got Chicago Red Stars at number five, Gotham FC at number six, Houston Dash at number seven, Racing Louisville FC at number eight, Ole Reign at number nine, and Kansas City NWSL at number 10. Another close week of standings to close out this week of games, Lisa, and it'll probably stay that way uh, through next, uh, next week, uh, if we're being honest. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, uh, to chatting with you, where we're going to maybe check back in with our listeners on Wednesday and let them know what's good with any news going on. Maybe, I don't know, something about like a little thing called the Olympics coming Maybe. up. I don't know. We'll fill you guys in later this week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. We'll hook you guys up. Check back in with us. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Just want to give you a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back Wednesday with another episode. For Sandra Dada and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.